Welcome to the PCC Podcast, your place for CNS soundbites. Hi, I'm John Shelton, publisher of the Primary Care Companion for CNS Disorders. In the next 30 minutes, I'll bring you up to date on the important peer-reviewed research and reviews from our latest issue. Let's get started. A scarcity of providers dedicated to child and adolescent mental health, limited coverage for mental health services, recent recommendations for screening and treatment in primary care, and success of chronic care and other model interventions have reinforced the primary care physician role for intervening in adolescent depressive illness. This study explored the implementation of CATCH-IT, Competent Adult Transition with Cognitive Behavioral, Humanistic, and Interpersonal Training, an Internet-based depression prevention intervention in 12 primary care sites, occurring as part of a randomized clinical trial comparing two versions of the intervention, Motivational Interview plus Internet Program versus Brief Advice plus Internet Program, in 83 adolescents aged 14 to 21 years. Catchit was supported by a NARSAD Young Investigator Award, a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation Depression in Primary Care Value Grant, and a Career Development Award from the National Institute of Mental Health. Catchit consists of primary care screening to assess risk, primary care physician interviews to encourage participation, and 14 online modules that teach adolescents coping and resiliency skills to decrease their vulnerability to depressive disorders. Specifically, the authors evaluated this program from a management and organizational behavioral perspective, including provider attitudes and demonstrated competence, and a clinical outcomes perspective, including depressed mood scores. While results varied by clinic, overall clinics demonstrated satisfactory reach, efficacy, adoption, implementation, and maintenance of the Catchit Depression Prevention Program. Motivational interview training of physicians in primary care accompanied by an internet-based self-managed depression prevention intervention demonstrates potential for significant public health impact. Shifting the focus to the patient, using motivational interview plus an internet-based program and minimizing changes in practice workflow could address barriers to implementation of interventions for depressive disorders in primary care. Insomnia is symptomatic of most psychiatric disorders. Non-habit-forming agents, such as trazodone and quetiapine, are commonly used off-label to treat patients with insomnia. The safety and efficacy of trazodone and quetiapine as medications for treatment of insomnia have never been directly contrasted. The objective of this study was to compare the effectiveness of trazodone to quetiapine among inpatient psychiatric patients by measuring the traditional sleep parameters of total sleep time, number of nighttime awakenings, sleep efficiency, sleep latency, length of hospitalization, and patient-reported side effects. Subjective patient interviews and objective nursing sleep log reviews compose the data set. In this inpatient psychiatric setting, 
Trazodone was a more effective alternative to quetiapine for insomnia. However, patients receiving trazodone reported more gastrointestinal side effects than those receiving quetiapine. Patients with psychiatric diagnoses are more likely to experience insomnia. Clinicians can help distinguish which sleep-inducing agent may work best for a patient on the basis of patient-specific criteria. It is known that patients with fibromyalgia often have memory and cognitive complaints in addition to widespread pain and fatigue. Cognitive dysfunction in fibromyalgia is associated with greater impairment in functioning and quality of life. This article by Kim and colleagues investigated whether milnesoprian is safe and effective in improving cognitive function in fibromyalgia. Patients were randomly assigned to receive milnesoprian or placebo for six weeks, followed by a one-week washout, and then crossover to the other arm for another six weeks. Assessments of neurocognition, pain, fibromyalgia symptoms, depression, fatigue, functional outcome, and global assessments of illness severity and improvement were performed at each visit. 26 subjects were screened, and 20 subjects completed the trial. The change in verbal memory and the composite T-score of the brief assessment of cognition and the change in the attention vigilance domain T-score were significantly improved, but there were no differences between the drug and placebo groups. Changes in clinical global impressions, severity of illness, fatigue severity scale, and fibromyalgia impact questionnaire scores were not significant. But changes in clinical global impressions improvement scores showed worsening in the placebo group at weeks 1, 2, 4, and 6 compared to baseline. The authors conclude that milnesopran may have a potential role in the improvement of pain, disability, and mood, but the effect on cognition in fibromyalgia needs further research. Primary care providers will treat the majority of patients with depression, but many of these patients will not reach full remission or return to premorbid functioning. Earlier this year, we published an online CME program by doctors Larry Culpepper and Madhukar Trivedi that provide clinicians with tools and strategies, such as using current guidelines, rating scales, and measurement-based care to effectively manage depression. This commentary summarizes the online program, reports on the educational outcomes and possible future topics, and features a discussion between doctors Culpepper and Trivedi as they address ongoing needs in patient adherence and treatment goals. Collaborative care models are based on the principles of chronic disease management. Since randomized clinical trials have shown collaborative care to be superior to usual care in improved outcomes, Sanchez and colleagues examined how a collaborative care model for the treatment of depression works with a low-income, uninsured adult population in a primary care setting. Qualitative interviews were conducted in 2010 at a primary care clinic as part of an evaluation of the Integrated Behavioral Health Program, 
a collaborative care model of identifying and treating mild to moderate mental disorders in adults in a primary care setting. A single case study design of an interdisciplinary team was used. The care manager, the primary care physician, the consulting psychiatrist, and the director of social services. Other units of analysis included clinical outcomes and reports that describe the patient demographics, services offered, staff, and other operational descriptions. The authors found that implementation of an essential tool of collaborative care, the depression screening instrument, can be used to enrich clinical encounters with patients and give physicians a reliable method for monitoring their patients by reframing depression as a set of symptoms in need of amelioration. Depression care managers in a collaborative care model can monitor outcomes, discuss and support treatment recommendations, and provide brief counseling using evidence-based techniques. The development of collaborative care teams is a core tenet of health reform, which involves transdisciplinary collaboration that advances teamwork from an interdisciplinary approach to one in which team members from various disciplines develop a common language and loosen hierarchical structures, pool bodies of knowledge and theories, and jointly develop new methods and analytic treatments within a philosophy of whole-person care. Postpartum depression is usually defined as an episode of depression that occurs in the first few weeks after childbirth. Postpartum depression affects up to 13% of new mothers and, if untreated, can have wide-ranging effects on the mother, her child, and her family. This article by Sharma and colleagues reviews the literature on the efficacy of antidepressants in randomized controlled trials of postpartum depression. The data on the pharmacological treatment of postpartum depression include studies with antidepressants and hormonal supplements. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are the most studied antidepressants in postpartum depression and are being increasingly used in the postpartum period. In spite of the paucity of randomized controlled trials of antidepressants in postpartum depression, these drugs are the most commonly used agents in the pharmacological treatment of postpartum depression. Certain clinical situations can make a caregiver feel helpless. The authors of the article in this issue's Rounds in the General Hospital section discuss how clinicians can overcome their helplessness by dividing an overwhelming situation into its smaller and more manageable components and by understanding the situation with which they are faced. By analyzing and interpreting their own psychological reactions, clinicians can often gain valuable insights into their patients. Please visit us online at primarycarecompanion.com for new postings, including a new entry in the psychotherapy casebook, the opportunity for continuing medical education credit, case reports, and special web-based interactive content. Thanks for joining me for this summary of offerings and our current issue of the Primary Care Companion for CNS Disorders. This is John Shelton signing off. 
I hope you will join me for the next installment of the PCC Podcast, your place for CNS soundbites.